Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Organic BC, a nonprofit organization that celebrates, champions, and advocates for the organic sector and broader organic community in British Columbia. Learn more at organicbc.org. My name's Jordan Marr. I'm a BC-based organic farmer, and I'm the host of this podcast. In late 2020, in light of uncertainty caused by the pandemic, Organic BC developed an alternative to its regular in-person annual conference. The conference was mostly online, and its centerpiece was a 40-episode podcast that it produced for conference ticket holders. Our intention was to eventually make these episodes available for free to the public, and what you're about to hear is one of those episodes. Our plan is to release them all on this podcast feed over the next few months. Meanwhile, the Organic BC Conference Committee is busy planning your next conference, which will, once again, take place in person. But it's also going to include a smaller slate of new podcast episodes to be released in January. I'll provide more info about all of that throughout the fall, but for now, I hope you enjoy this episode from the 2021 conference podcast. Oh, and by the way, we also incorporated the annual conference trade show into this podcast series, so we may or may not be taking a break in the middle of this episode for a short trip to that trade show. You'll know what I mean if you hear it. Okay, talk to you at the end, everybody. It's time for another chapter in our research roundup. This time, Dr. Kelly Ross, a researcher with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada at the Summerland Research Station, tells us about research on harnessing the antibiotic properties of berry pomace for use in poultry feed. I think that's all I need to say. I will talk to you a little bit in the middle and a little bit at the end. Hello, my name's Kelly Ross. I work at the Summerland Research and Development Centre with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada. And I'm a research scientist working in the area of food, food biochemistry and food processing for value-added products. And um, I work on um, enhancing attributes, quality, and health and wellness attributes of Canadian horticulture and agri-food products. Kelly Ross, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Well, glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Kelly, if I'm not mistaken, the conversation we're about to have starts with a recently or newly discovered form of antibiotic resistance in salmonella. Am I right about that? And if so, maybe you could expand on that a bit. Uh, yes, this work is really focused on uh, helping the Canadian poultry industry move away from the widespread use of in-feed antibiotics and looking for alternative methods to protect chickens from infections. And we are looking at using berry pomace as uh, alternative anti antimicrobials, antibiotics. And these berry pomaces are actually a waste product from the uh, juice processing industry. So we're kind of uh, targeting two, two-pronged approach using making use out of potentially food waste. And the main, main focus of the work is to uh, reduce uh, conventional antibiotics in poultry feed by using a, a natural alternative. Okay, so maybe briefly you could talk about why, why we have that goal. I mean, are there, are there, you're talking to largely an audience of organic farmers, but it's still worth reviewing why, why we might like to try and um, reduce our reliance on antibiotics in, in livestock feeds. Uh, it's important to reduce antibiotic use in livestock feed uh, because it's a stress on the environment. Uh, there is, it leads to antimicrobial resistance in the birds. So there might be the bacteria are uh, evolving to make different mechanisms to 
um, to become resistant to the conventional antibiotics that we're using. Uh, so utilizing alternative, natural, novel, new uh, antibiotic alternatives as a way of uh, protecting the environment and protecting bird health and ultimately protect, protecting uh, our, our health. And am I right, Kelly, that with this research, you're focused in on a specific gene that has been discovered in salmonella that has an antibiotic resistance? Uh, that's one of the main aspects of the of the work uh, to to look at uh, novel genes that that have uh, that that we can target, and uh, this work is I should note that this work is being led by Dr. Musa Diera out of the Guelph Research and Development Center, and he's really leading that aspect of the work. Okay, so we have a problem, which is that uh, we'd like to reduce uh, the use of antibiotics in feeds. How did you and your collaborators come to focus on berry pomace, which is, or, or, or berry and other forms of, well, let's just say berry pomace. How did, how did that come to be as a focus of this research? Uh, really, it was a, a response to a problem. And again, I, I should note, Dr. Musa Diera is the lead on this project. And it's, it's got a, a, a BC connection because Musa worked uh, at the Agassiz Research and Development Centre in British Columbia with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada. And his work was focused on supporting poultry production in the Lower Mainland. And, and Musa uh, was relocated to Guelph Research and Development Centre in 2013. Uh, so this current work is really an extension of the project that was started back at Agassiz with Musa uh, prior to 2013. And it's really a response to utilizing uh, this vast amount of, of waste uh, that comes from juice production and finding an alternative use for it. And uh, it kind of grew from, you've heard in popular medicine that drinking cranberry juice is good for your health, it reduces uh, and, and, and infection. And uh, so that really led Musa to think, is there something in pomace, first cranberry pomace, and also uh, there's that blueberry link with, with BC. Uh, so we had a blueberry pomace. And we're also working, I should note though, that uh, the blueberries that are grown in British Columbia are highbush blueberries. And blueberries primarily grown in eastern Canada are low bush, low bush blueberries. And uh, this project is actually targeting pomace from low bush blueberries and, and pomace from cranberries. Okay, so we've just got a byproduct of a pretty big industry in parts of Canada, yes. which is the pomace coming from, from squeezing these, these fruits for, for juice. We already, Perfect. as you said, we already have a sense in popular medicine that there are... Um, uh, either probiotic or, or, or antibiotic um, benefits of, of certain aspects of cranberries and, uh, and other fruits. And yes. so now it's like, well, can we, can we figure out if those benefits are retained in the pomace since they're a byproduct that uh, I would assume is, is, uh, would be great to find a use for and, and implies that it would be a cheap source of a potential solution for the livestock feed. Yes, absolutely. You nailed that right on the head. Thank you. Okay, so let's talk a little bit then about, so you've identified, you and your collaborators have kind of identified this, this problem or set of problems. So can you talk a little bit about structuring the research, a little bit about methodology before we talk about um, potential results and implications? 
Uh, the project we will there's there's kind of two pronged approach to this project. One of the pro aspects is to uh, produce the pomace. I know it's a byproduct from uh, industry. Uh, for the first stage of the project, we wanted a lot of control, so we actually got the berries and the blueberries and the cranberries, and we pressed them. We actually pressed those at the Summerland Research and Development Centre, and we created the pomace. Uh, then we uh, dried down the pomace because pomace naturally has a very high uh, water content, so we needed to make it a shelf-stable uh, product. Uh, so we freeze-dried the pomace, and that freeze-drying is... Um, it's, it's not something that would be typically used in industry because it's very low throughput and very high cost, but we wanted the initial stages of the project, we wanted to have as much control over the product and have it in the best uh, shape that it could be in, in terms of uh, retaining all of the potentially uh, bioactive components. So we freeze dried and then we ground the material and then the, the material was, was tested for chemical composition in terms of antioxidants, phenolics, then it was really tested with in vitro studies for its antimicrobial activity and also large uh, poultry feeding trials were, were, were performed. And actually the poultry feeding trials were actually performed at a farm in Armstrong, Rosebank Farms, an organic uh, farm. And uh, that pomace was in Blueberry and cranberry pomace was included in their poultry feed uh, for use in poultry feeding trials. And that's, uh, we based a lot of our results off of that uh, on-farm uh, poultry feeding trials that were performed in, in Armstrong, BC. Okay, so maybe I'll stop you there, Kelly, and just ask a couple of follow-up questions. Going, okay. going back to the initial stages of the research when you chose to freeze-dry, what I'm, what, what I'm inferring is freeze drying is a really effective way to get the final product you need, but not very practical. If this turns out to be a product that could be really useful uh, in industry, not very practical for large scale processing because of essentially its associated costs. So, but, but you start out freeze drying just to be able to do the research to determine if it's going to work as a feed supplement and then presumably down the line, you you try and figure out other ways to more affordably or efficiently process the pomace to to get it dry. Absolutely, that's that's an excellent follow up question. Excellent summary. Uh, yeah, we're also we have another project going uh, that we're, we're we're doing exactly that. We're looking at using uh, cabinet air convection drying. It's it's a more a ch a cheaper, more economically viable method for processing this pomace to reducing the, the moisture content to make it shelf stable. It's something that's industrially relevant that could potentially be used in industry to, to generate large amounts of dry pomace in, a, in an economically viable manner. So yeah, that's definitely an aspect uh, of another project supporting this work to ensure that if, if this pomace is something that industry is gonna wanna use, uh, we need to be able to pr process it economically, and uh, we're we're looking at that method. We're looking at a, an alternative method. Okay, and so I also just wanted to clarify something. At the at the start of this project, was it already scientifically determined that the some of these beneficial compounds were existent existed in the pomace, or did you have to demonstrate that? 
Uh, we had well, we know that phenolic compounds are they're well known to be um, have bioactivity, have antioxidant activity, have anti-inflammatory activity, potentially have antimicrobial activity. Uh, but we really needed to demonstrate it in in the chicken. Because that, so to my knowledge, that has not been demonstrated previously. So this work is very novel in that respect. Okay, so then let's go, let's jump over to the, uh, the, the feed research over at Rosebank Farms then. What, uh, could you talk a little bit about what you've observed um, in terms of yeah, feeding, feeding really... to, 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 to poultry? Yeah, um, uh, our work really has shown that the cranberry and blueberry pomices can control the growth of pathogenic bacteria. And, and we found this by including the pomace in poultry feed. Uh, the wild blueberry pomace showed real potential in terms of modulating microbiotica that could be beneficial to poultry. Uh, for example, we saw that the wild blueberry pomace uh, enriched uh, the gut in the, in the poultry with microbes like lactobacillus and bifidobacteria, which are those probiotic bacteria that are beneficial bacteria in the gut. Um, and further, these good bacteria competed with the disease causing bacteria for nutrients and attachment sites. So in a way this would be comparable to using a cover crop to compete with weeds for nutrients and ground cover. And we also found uh, inclusion of pomace in the diet also decreased the population size of bacteria that can be potentially dangerous, like pathogenic bacteria or disease-causing bacteria like E. coli, Clostridium perfringens, Heliobacter pylori, and Salmonella. And, when, and uh, when, when, you, when you say that, do you mean that simply by virtue of the pomace displacing a proportion of the original feeds, that there's a reduction in that sense? Or, is there, or, or, or are compounds in the supplement actively affecting populations before even being ingested like like so I'm, I'm, in that case i'm imagining the pomace being mixed with feed are you actually getting anything happening in the feed itself before it's ingested no no we are not we we, we did not target that we did not look at that no what we were seeing is um in the gut after the poultry have have eaten the feed and you know digested the feed that we sampled took samples from the gut and we found that that the inclusion of the pomace in the diet affected the microbial po population in, in the chicken gut. Oh, that's where some displacement was happening in the gut. Like, yes. so you would find less instance or less proportion of, of these bad microbes. Yes. Ah, I see. Yes. Okay. What about, uh, so, you know, did the poultry enjoy eating it? Are they, are they showing an affinity for this, the product as you fed it to them? Yeah, that's a good question because for it to be, to be this for this to be a viable uh, method or treatment, or that the, the the poultry, the chickens have to want to eat it, and and they did, and we saw we saw that um, the ch the chickens showed increased feed efficiency in terms of the ratio of weight gain to feed intake was was better. So they had they put on the chickens put on more weight. Um, with less amount of, of food that they were eating uh, in terms of when the, 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 the feed had the, the, the pomace included. So the chickens were increasing their body mass that shows they were eating the food and they like the food. So yes. Is the, uh, is the, is, well, you can either talk about in your trials or, or, or what, how this would look when it's, if it's commercialized. Uh, would the, is, is the intention that this would be incorporated into 
uh, feed mixes or would it be a sup an additional supplement sitting in a, in a hopper or feeder you know alongside the the you know mixes of grains for example no it would be included in the feed it, the feed would be formulated to have this pomace included in it at certain you know at certain concentrations and part of the work is looking at the different concentrations that that give the best efficacy the best result and Kelly, what about, uh, have you looked at the question of whether these as a supplement would affect the flavor of the eggs or, or meat? There is another project ongoing. Uh, I'm not directly involved in but uh, yes, they are looking at if it affects the flavor, if it affects the color. And I think some preliminary work has shown that, you know, at, at modest levels of inclusion, there's no, there's no, um, negative uh, impact on the quality of the of the food that, that the, the consumer is ultimately receiving. Okay, so so it sounds like kind of across the board in a general sense, so far so good. You're, you're seeing some of the results that you you had hoped, I guess you, you might see, but uh, could you clarify that a bit more? Can you talk about where the research is at and um, what what you think this could mean for the for for poultry feed in the future? Yeah, the the work to date is very very promising, um, having very good results. And the overall goal really is to, I think Musa's vision or or dream is that to have actually you know, blueberries and and cranberries being grown specifically for for. Uh, producing pomace and for inclusion in in poultry feed, and and that to, to have that really be taken on by the industry to have pomace as an as an ingredient in poultry feed to reduce antimicrobial resistance uh, to improve bird health and bird immunity. Uh, so that that's that's the that's the long term goal of this work is to have you know to have pomace be uh, considered a, a key ingredient in poultry feed. Wow. So it sounds like one indicator of success down the line would be if you've created a situation where if at least at least in some contexts, the juice becomes the byproduct. Yeah, that's absolutely it's a different it's a very interesting way of, of, of spinning that. But absolutely, absolutely. Or or, or, or may possibly an, equ an equal an equal product. So and that really, really uh, ties into the importance of reducing food waste to making the you know, having a, a circular agriculture uh, so yeah, absolutely. And uh, we haven't yet talked about grapes. You've talked about uh, um, you've talked about uh, uh, blueberries and cranberries, but I, I'm aware that you have at least considered grape pomace, which in in the Okanagan Valley, uh, you know, is a is a pretty huge byproduct. So can you can you speak to that? Yes, absolutely. That's uh, another pomace that we are looking at including in in the poultry feed and and studies are going to be starting, I believe, um, in the future. That, that's definitely it's it's definitely a, a product that's that that we want to look at to include in in the feed to see if they have a beneficial effects to the poultry because yes you're absolutely right there's large amounts of pomace that are created from from the wine industry and it would be very useful very beneficial to include that in in, in poultry feed and and that's that's something that we are targeting with let's with research it's one step at a time right and and the next the next step is to look at at great pomace 
So Kelly, I wouldn't mind talking about the original problem a little bit more. So, so I mean, antibiotics have been used in livestock feeds for a long time. And in, in recent years or decades, we've identified some of the, um, some of the, the problems that come, come along with the benefits of, of using them. So antibiotic resistance being, being a big one. One thing as just a layperson that I don't totally understand is what is the difference with like a, this natural source of antibiotic um, benefit in, in the pomace? Why isn't there an, is, is there a potential over continued use for, for then new resistances to build up to the compounds that occur naturally in these berry pomaces? That's a good question. I, I would, you know, I don't have this full answer, but I would imagine potentially over time, I would think that there is a possibility that these microorganisms could uh, develop a, 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 a resistance to these phenolics, but I don't have a, a perfect answer for that. All right. Well, I do, I suppose, even if that, even if the potential is there, and I, I know researchers really like to emphasize, as you just did, that you're, 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 you're neither confirming nor denying, you're, you're just acknowledging there's potential. Uh, there's, still, there's, still, there's still a benefit to having a diversity of, of um, let's call them tools, to, to, to combat like bad bacteria and other pathogens in our feed. So um, just to be able to introduce more diversity uh, is collectively, I guess, gets at the problem of, of antibiotic resistance. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Kelly, what is the timeline imagined for commercialization if this turns out to be a viable product and can be commercialized efficiently? When could widespread ad um, adoption be happening, at least in Canada? That's a difficult question for me to answer. I typically focus on the science-related parts of, of the work, uh, but I would target towards five years. I know it's, 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 it's a complex issue. Um, any, any projects that involves animals, all the research protocols have to be approved first by independent animal care committees. Uh, so we have to ex obtain experimental study certificates from Health Canada, for, even for our research work. So I would imagine that commercializing uh, a, a product for animal feed would involve a lot of, of scrutiny from other uh, government bodies. Uh, so the timeline, I, would, I can't give an, a, a definite timeline, but it would be in the nearer future. Kelly, where can people keep track of this project or find out more info? Uh, this project is being funded by the Organic uh, Science Cluster. Uh, so that would be the, 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 the funding agency or to, to look it up. You can also look up um, Musa Diera's biography on the Ag Canada website for further information on the project. Kelly, is there anything else that you want to mention before I say goodbye? Uh, no, I think we really uh, focused on the main key highlights of this work. And I just really want to thank you for the opportunity to talk about this project uh, with you and your audience. I'm, I'm very, very grateful for this opportunity. Thank you. Well, I'm really grateful to have you on to talk about it. It sounds fascinating and really promising, Kelly. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.
All right, that's it for now. Special thanks for our podcast music goes out to Matt Eckel, a jazz flutist and father of organic rancher Avin Banwell. You can search for Matt's music online. Eckel is spelled E-A-K-L-E. I also want to thank all of the guest interviewers you'll be hearing in this series as we re-release it over the next few months. Gavin Wright, Molly Thurston, Abra Bryn, Tristan Banwell, and Emma Holmes. Thanks to all of you for your contributions to the show. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed what you just heard. I'm Jordan Marr, and I will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.